podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, yo. When I spit bars in a ring, man, I go hard left stand tan- Hello and welcome to another episode of Touchline Fracker. Myself, Mariah, been a tough week, but I'm uh, here regardless. I'm joined by two, uh, well, one's a merry man, one's not so merry. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know who's who. I'll start with you, Glam. Uh, your debut on the pod, uh, Coppin Fracker fan favourite. Uh, long overdue. How you been, bro? Yeah, I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm, I'm intrigued, though. Who, who, who's the one unhappy today? Because what? Yeah, it's not you, obviously. I mean, oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. How good? You got you got goalkeepers keeping you in the top four, top four races. It's you know crazy. <laughs> cool. Uh, and on the other side, we've got uh, Timson, who's uh, live watching his women's team get massacred by Barcelona. Um, has watched his men's team lose to Leicester, lose FA Cup final, and uh, you also lost to Arsenal as well. So it's been quite a week, Timson. Listen, I don't have any bass in my voice. It's been it's been beaten out of me this week. Um, I'm just gonna say before we start, just be gentle. You know, I, I I can I can only be myself, man. And if you've listened to any of the pods in the past, I don't know how to to do that. So I'll try. I'll try my best, but yeah, no promises. So before we start, of course, I have to uh, do the usual, plug the usual. So if you aren't already subscribed to the YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube. The visuals for this podcast will be up on there for those of you who prefer to see our handsome faces. Uh, for those of you who haven't already signed up, we've got the Discord. Um, I'm a frequent person on there. Glam's also on there when Liverpool are doing well, that is. Um, and this Sunday's Discord is going to, yeah, it's going to kick off. It's going to be the last day we're going to have. Uh, a panel of sorts. I, I think I'll do a hosting job since my team are already in the top four. I've got nothing to worry about, but a couple of guys are going to be trembling. So if you haven't already, if you haven't already signed up for the Discord, sign up for the Discord. With all that being said, let's get to business. I'm going to start with you, Glam, just because of the ridiculousness of of your win today. Uh, two one <laughs> winner against West Brom. It was mad because I was we were on the Discord and you mm. got Harold in the last 10 minutes absolutely rattled, jumping at everything, which now them mm. shots, guys aren't passing the ball quick enough. And mm. corner comes in. And, uh, exactly. Uh, corner comes in and Seb's like, oh, Allison's coming up. And we're like, yeah, you lot are going to score, man. You lot are j- you just know, you know football when you just know. Yeah, you just know, you know when you just know. And it's you lot, mm. in it? Liverpool, special club and all that shit. Um, and then Alison put a picture of a header. Um, let me get your thoughts, not just on the header, but your performance and how you've essentially turned what a few weeks ago looked like a slim chance of getting into the top four into what looks like a certainty at this point. Um. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm, 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 I'm not going to start riding a flag gear that we're certainly going to get there. Um, you know, still got two games, but um, yeah, it did look bleak. It looked very bleak. I'll be honest with you. There's been a lot of inconsistency 
in the season. Um, heartache, you know, like coming from champions to then dropping down to like where, you know, a bit like Arsenal sort of thing, you know what I mean? Like where we're trying to scrape results and then we're getting excited and not excited. Because how I am now reacting to results is it, before last season was expectancy. Now I'm, I'm, I'm glorifying these results and that's, 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 that's the shows of the level of how we've dropped. But um, yeah, you know, we, 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 we stuffed you guys on Thursday. Um, I might add, you know, stuffed you guys. Um, I don't know how you guys are second, if I'm honest. But, um, you know, that, that, that's, that just shows, obviously, we're up for the big games. The problem has been the smaller side teams, you know, the Fulhams, the Burnleys, the Newcastles. That's, that's where it's been pissing us off. And that's where we um, have a lot of stumbling blocks. And today did look like that um, in in the first what when they scored, and obviously we we got a goal back. But it did look like that. it looked like a frustrating sort of performance that was going to happen, and we was going to get a point. And then Super Beck, let me let you know, Super Beck Allison, yeah, comes up. Do you know what the funny thing is? Yeah, when I see him running up, it's like you see it, but you you just you think, nah, it's not going to happen. And it's not even just that. It weren't like one of those where he just, you know what I mean, stumbled to the ball or it was looked too sloppy. It was just absolute technical heading class. Absolute Brazilian wonder goalkeeping magic. So, yeah, I was excited. I was celebrating. Can't lie. I was celebrating. Mm, I think we, we've kind of spoken on previous pods and on the Discord about the season he's had. It hasn't mm. been his uh, best for what has proven to be a stellar signing for you guys. His father passed away, obviously struggled with that. So you can yeah, see how much it meant to him, how yeah. much it meant to the players. Um, you mentioned beating us. It was a comprehensive beating. Mm. Um, I, w- I want you to go back a, a few more days and just talk about that performance. Obviously, the build-up to that game as well was a bit uh, outside the ordinary. We had Manchester United yeah. fans continuing the protests against the Glazers. Yeah. And they thought they'd slashed your tyres. But it, what, was it a decoy bus? Yeah, um, yeah, apparently it was a, it was a decoy. <laughs> that's, that's, this is all Call of Duty shit, man. I don't yeah, know how to do decoy Yeah, apparently it was a decoy. A decoy bus. And uh, you came and you put together, I think from what I've seen, one of your best performances this season, and especially with your, your backs against the wall. So, yeah, talk to us about your thoughts on that game, how you performed. And, yeah, yeah, let's, let's have it. Um, well, I'll be honest with you, I, I thought we should have been awarded the points. I'll be honest with you, like, you know what I mean, from 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 the whole madness you guys are keeping up, like, that's none of our business, isn't it? Like, you know, we come to turn up for a game and you guys are flipping, breaking into properties and shit. What's that got to do with us? I would say, just give us the points and done the game. And then even the build up to it, I'm still hearing you guys are surrounding the bus. I'm like, what's going on? But, um, mm. you know, finally we got to the game. And I'll be honest, I was worried, you know, we, we had... Williams in, um, the young guy, rookie. I thought you guys was going to pretty much tear us apart, I'll be honest. Um, but, you know, the performance was better than I can imagine. You know, usually Old Trafford or um, games that we play, they're like either nil-nil, 1-1. They're a bit of a stalemate. But it was a, in contrast to on Thursday, it was a proper, proper good performance. And I was, I was ecstatic, man. I was happy. Yeah, genuinely, I don't know what we were playing at, um, to be honest. Well, I said I don't know what we were playing at. Um, Maguire was out, and while I'm not the biggest Maguire fan, people will talk about the kind of um, shaky partnership between Bayer and Lindelof. My main issue was Fred and McTominay. Um, we call them the Chuckle Brothers. 
Um, and it was one of the chuckliest performances against you lot on, on Thursday. They don't provide any protection for the back line. They don't really retain possession. They don't progress the ball up the pitch. It's there. They're just there. Tommy is any. He's a starter, though, isn't it? I know um, one of your he, one of your yeah, one of your he, cast members, Dwayne. He, he calls him Max Sauce. Uh, things there, bro. For like, I think it's more it's more tongue in cheek, and nobody really thinks he's a saucy. <laughs> he's a saucy baller. He, <laughs> the thing about McTominay, he's he's one of them elite mm. mentality guys, isn't it? So he talks yeah. a good talk, but he knows who he is, isn't it? When it's time to build up play, he stands far out of the way. Um, mm. And he makes sure that he's not involved in that, which means that we're a man down uh, in that sense. And like Klopp said post-game, uh, with Luke Shaw being the only player who can really progress the ball from the back, out of the back line, you guys yeah. targeted him and you're looking around, Aaron Wambasaka's not going to do it, but he can do it. But half the time he's fighting his own madness. And then obviously you've got, you got Lindelof. Um, that also coincided with ugh, the worst game Pog was probably played since December. Nothing, nothing worked for him. Nothing worked for him. And I think because of that, that yeah. led to Trent having one of his best games of the season. Um, the way Pogba plays on the left, where he comes inside and essentially at times he makes it almost like a midfield free. Um, mm-hmm. You're giving Trent the kind of freedom of that whole right-hand channel. And we know that if Trent yeah. doesn't at least have somebody that he needs to look back at and pay attention to, like say a Rashford, who's going to get him behind, that he's just going to go forward constantly, constantly, and he's going to wreak havoc. And yeah, for me, he was the man of the match. He was brilliant. Um, it backfired. Yeah, you got, I think you guys allowed you got a lot of space for Thiago. Thiago's allowed a lot of space. I was quite shocked at that. Yeah, I think Thiago's starting to settle settle down again today. He was he was really good in my yeah, in, yeah, in my yeah. yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's starting to get really comfortable now, and I think we'll we'll see the best of him uh, next season when you know your your starters come back and you got Fabinho back in the midfield and you well you hope you'd improve on Wijnaldum, but we'll see how you go in that regard. But yeah. Pogba was poor. Fred and McTominay were themselves, but even worse. Cavani, the thing about Cavani, while he's like had a good last couple of months, if we're not actually consistently scoring, or not sort of scoring, creating chances, there's not really much use for him. He's kind of just running around like a headless do, chicken. Do you know what? You, you, um, one of the other guys say that as well. I think it's a bit harsh, you know. I do, I do because Tiani's a, a predator, isn't he? He's a goal finisher, but also yeah. his movement, his movement is top notch. And I, I think it's a bit harsh. I think um, what I, I would have loved to have had to, after have to Cavani, I think we would have been further up the table and I think we would have scored much more goals. Like, the chances that we create, he was thriving our team. Yeah. He was absolutely That's thriving our team. The, it's the use that you're getting out of him. The thing about him yeah. is when you're playing at the level that we play at, mm. essentially you really need your striker in an ideal world, your striker can do it all. You've got a striker who's like a Martial or Firmino who can drop in deep and he can retain possession. And those yeah. games you had, like the game we had against you guys, if it's not sticking with Fred and McTominay, at least the centre-backs can fizz it into Martial who's able to hold it up, win the ball, like, and then we're able to get the team up the pitch. Um, and then, obviously, you want the striker to be able to put chance in the back of the net. When we're not doing that, Cavani, the other side of the game, he doesn't really offer anything. He missed a good chance against you lot, but the other side of the game, he yeah. doesn't really offer anything. And then you're almost another man down. So you've got McTominay, who's just running around. You've got Cavani, who you don't really want getting involved in the game. Pogba's having a yeah. bad game. Rashford's been carrying injury for months. So, yeah, it all coincided to be, yeah, pretty embarrassing, uh, all, all being mm. said. because we, we, we rested mm. players against Leicester. The idea being that, um, yeah, we wanna we wanna be the ones to stop Liverpool get getting top four, um, only yeah. to get yeah, absolutely flattened. So um, after beating Villa, it's been a pretty poor week. 
for us. But like I say, we're, we're chilling, man. We're, we got our we got our Champions League spot. We got a Europa League final to look forward to. So yeah, we're we're all right with life, man. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you lot was chilling. Though. I just think you just got you you, you got battered, really. Yeah, we got battered, uh, but we're uh, generally uh, chilling. I heard you. Yeah, we we done this and yeah, Pog, we're at the races. No, we dealt with you lot. <laughs> we dealt with you lot. I mean, bonded you like Old Trafford. That's all I wanted. That's all I was happy. Yeah, about. there you go. What would you want for that? Would you, what, do you want a cookie yeah, or something? No, 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 we don't want nothing for that. I just want. To, I mean, I don't want nothing for that. Well, I was no, just, I, I'm, I really I'm hope just... you get top four, bro. I really hope you get top four. Good luck in that. Oh, do you, though? Do you? Do you? Do you? Yeah, do you, yeah. Do I, really, you. I, I really don't know if that. you do. I don't <laughs> believe that. <laughs> Good luck in that battle, yeah? Um, Tinson, right. <laughs> you've, you've been awfully quiet, and I think that, that's enough of that. So I'm going to come over to you just to uh, catch up with your last week or so. So uh, we got to start with the FA Cup final. I mean, um, the joyous scenes of Leicester's owner coming onto the pitch. You've got Hamza Chowdhury with a free Palestine flag. Um, and suddenly everybody's reconsidering what seemed like a, a wonder story from the special two, uh, Thomas Tuchel. Um, break down the final for us, uh, your performance, and I guess what now looks like uh, two huge games for Chelsea. Yeah, um, it's very hard. We're in a season where um, the kind of the overall picture of um the season for us changes week to week. Um, after beating Man City, we looked like dead certs and Leicester were the ones that were needed to watch their back um, for top four. Moving into the FA Cup final and um, the predicament with the top four impacted us a lot in regards to what team Tuchel played because um, for to be, to be quite frank, Tuchel didn't play his best team and um, some people would argue Tuesday's game is more important, obviously top four. Um, in regards to how the game went, um, Tuchel said we were the better team, we just didn't have the luck. Um, and to be honest, some of the stats kind of um, back that up. So I'll read off a couple, like um, we had a higher expected goals rating, 0.78. We had like 63% possession overall, moving to 70 when we're chasing the game in the second half. But for me, looking with on based on the eye test, we did not look like scoring. Obviously, we were done very, very harshly by that that by that offside. Very, I mean, it, was it was a correct decision. I mean, it's, it's, a, decision it's a decision that stood all season. While I, while I love the stats, I think, like you said, the eye test sort of showed you, you didn't really create anything and you weren't really a threat. And I think um, the the team that Tuchel's come in and built has been one based off a, a solid defense and essentially knowing that you've got guys like a misfiring Timo Werner, um, Ziyech, who's going to cross it every opportunity he has. Um, <clears throat> Havertz, who and who was telling me that he's turned the corner, but since he's actually said that, I haven't really seen him have a good game. Um, so your your, your play is built on the back of a steadfast defense. Um, but yeah, so, I I think... play so like <laughs> I, I'm assuming that board influence because um, do you know how flame? Do you know how angry it is? You're not like at the very least, the keeper is something you can you can play all season in terms of. Um, not having to worry about fatigue. So mm. Mendy could have started, but obviously my my uh, my opinion would be that obviously he's been told if you can get Kepa Cohen even great and he did the job against Man City, so he's like, why not play him in the cup? Then do you, you think, see, do you think Mendy saved that shot? 100%, because then you've got Tielemans saying after the game, saying that we were briefed and told to hit top corners with our shots because he cannot save, Kepa cannot save those shots. So <laughs> either... 
either Mendy taking that shot or, or Tillman's not even attempting that, yeah, attempting to in. So, yeah. what can you like? So, when, when, and do you know how infuriating that is to hear as a fan, like where they're prepping for it, they're like where all you need to do is hit the top corners and they're prepping for you. <laughs> yeah, in man, that's scary, man. So, so he didn't he didn't give himself the best opportunity um, in that regard. Playing Marcus Alonso at left wing back, Alonso is good for a worldy goal every now and again when when we when when he doesn't have to worry about tracking back or we're chasing a game. Mm. But with the goalkeeper, I mean, you give yourself the best possible opportunity and you play your best goalkeeper. Like um, you saw the world class age he was pulling out against Real Madrid, and for then that and. Then you just couple with, yeah, uh, Tielemans was like, yeah, I just hit top corner because we know Kepa can't save it there. Kepa, and, Kepa, Kepa is in this toxic relationship with conceding long-range efforts like um, this his whole Chelsea career, especially. Then you see Daniel Amati taking our club our club crest and throwing it over his shoulder in the changing rooms. I just felt like a slap in the face. Yeah, Honestly. I mean, it, it, yeah, like you said, like it feels like every week the, the, the pendulum swings on Chelsea season. I mean, with yesterday and everything that's coming, um, yeah, I guess big games, like I said. But can you explain why he went with a weaker side? Was it a sort of a confidence, an irrational confidence that you were going to beat Leicester? Um, was it maybe trying to give minutes to guys who he wasn't going to look to use in the next couple of games? But I'm, I'm looking at the lineup and I'm wondering why um, you can maybe you can correct me because obviously I don't watch Chelsea as much as you do. Why didn't have a start? Um, why didn't Chilwell start? Why didn't Pulisic? start players who I thought had been doing well for you I'm not going to ask about Hudson O'Doy because he's permanently glued to that bench but um yeah the, the other guys why weren't they starting do you think do you think it was a tactical decision well with Pulisic we saw um how he came off the bench and made a really strong impact against Real Madrid so I'm not sure if he had that in mind then I can see why ZX started um I can see why ZX started because he's really good for teams again breaking down teams um who sit back and that's what Leicester were trying, where they forfeited the possession very early on. In regards to Havertz, he did play against Arsenal. Um, he did play like over an hour against Arsenal. So um, there's also a case for saving his legs. Some people could argue, obviously, in regards to the FA Cup, it is like um, the first major domestic trophy outside of the um, Carabao Cup. Um, but honestly, for our season, um, I think top four is, is more important than the FA Cup at this point especially with a Champions League to look forward to. So I think it was a combination of trying to put forward as strong a team as possible, but with an eye on um, Tuesday, which is obviously in regards to our season, um, top four, because we wouldn't have sacked Lampard had top four not been in jeopardy. Like mm. that's a bit, that's a bit crazy though. I, I'm yeah. sorry, you're, in a, you're, you're in a final, you're in a final and you, you're thinking about a Premier League fixture where, you got to play for three points. You're not guaranteed. That's that's a bit mad. I, I was surprised when I saw Kepa starting. I think it was a bit muggy, but also he's got the depth. I know you guys have got the depth, so by all means, you know what I mean. They're, they're, the team you put out is capable, but um, you brought in Mendy for a reason. You know what I mean. Kepa's been there what three seasons now, so as number one, and he hasn't really established himself. So you brought in Mendy. He's clearly um, gave you stability. I I, I think he should have started. Personally, I don't know why. Whether you'll save that shot or not, I don't know. But I, I was surprised when he didn't start. And you know, yeah. if you don't, if you don't go and win the Champions League, so you lost the final. If you don't make top four and you don't win the Champions League, fuck it, all, mate. Yeah, it's a of the season. yeah, yeah. I mean, 
you you guys have been waxing lyrical about how well Tuchel has done, and it was very much, yeah, you know, we'll win a cup, we'll get top four, we'll, we'll see how it goes in the final. Beat City might not beat, beat City, but you're feeling confident. You've beaten them twice in a row, and yeah, everything is suddenly changed. And this is why this is why we love this game, uh, essentially. Um, so looking ahead to Tuesday's game against Leicester, Timpson. Um, in terms of the lineup you're going to use, what are you expecting? What what sort of changes are you expecting? Who do you expect to come into the team? Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With the Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Uh, two changes, Chili B and Havertz coming in for sure because um, you see how Werner didn't come in. Um, he didn't even start against Arsenal. He didn't even make a cameo appearance off the bench against Arsenal when we're chasing a game a really important game is because um, if there's no space to run in behind, he's useless. Like he literally goes from um, the player that we saw in at Leipzig uh, with their space, when there's space to run into, if there's no space to run into and they're not giving you that space and a counter, he's basically a league two footballer in regards to his ability to beat a man, his movement, take away his pace. And I don't even think he's playing football. I said, I think he's doing cross country. Um, he's just not he's just not that it with without space to run in behind. Um, so Kai Havertz, uh, I think Leicester will play a rotated side and they'll definitely adopt a more defensive approach because if they if um, a draw is more favourable to them than us at this point in time. So um, their best bet is to play a rotated side and not lose. So they'll sit back and try and hit us on the counter. Um, so it makes sense to have um, Havertz. Um, who will, where we will have primarily the bulk of possession to try and um, Havertz and Pulisic or whoever else um, to try and kind of with with quick moves and one twos to try and break them down. Agreed, agreed. But for me, and it's always like, yeah, it's always a dangerous mentality to go into a game when you say we just need a draw. Um, and and what tends to happen is when you do concede, if you do concede, it's very hard to sort of switch that mentality from we need a draw and we need to not concede to let's go and get a goal. Because a lot of the time, the way you've been practicing and training, it's been a lot about your defensive positioning and how you're going to stop them. Now you need to create. So they may have gone for the gone for the, uh, the FA Cup and think, OK, we've got two bites at the cherry potentially in terms of finishing in the top four. But I wanted to take a second just to look at everything they've built. So they got, uh, they came to the Premier in 2015. Since then, you know, they've uh, mm-hmm. won a league amazingly. They've won an FA Cup now. Uh, tragically lost their owner a few years ago in that helicopter crash, but they've rebounded really well. They've they've sold players like Kante, Mares, 
Maguire over the years, but they've brought in players like Sayonchu, Fafana, obviously Damian Vardy goes without saying, um, Harrison, uh, Harvey Barnes, uh, James Madison, um, and they've built essentially what I think you can almost be considered a top six side. They don't quite have the prestige and reputation of the traditional top six Spurs aside, um, but they're in and they're about again another season um, pushing for the top four. Um, so, Glam, I wanted to get your thoughts on on what they've built at Leicester, um, and I guess this is the sort of uh, fairy tale story that people who didn't want the Super League to happen um, root for. Yeah, um, you know they got a, a manager. Obviously, we had him at our club. Um, I'll be honest, with you, at the end of his tether, I couldn't wait for him to get out of our club. Um, <laughs> if I'm honest, but um, he's yeah, he's gone Celtic. He's he's, he's albeit it's still a, it's it's still a competition he has to win. Um, he's I mean he's got the willing feeling and mentality over there, but also his, his football philosophy was always the right way in it. Like he, he plays the white way style of football. So I think him coming into Leicester. Where they've always ready, um, they won the league, um, and he just implemented more attacking emphasis with them, and they've used their strength. So I mean, Vardy's what 32, 33? and he's just known, okay, I got Vardy, I'm gonna use what I've got to make get the best out of him and drag him down until his final legs. Uh, as you said, they brought in players like for finals, like a, a talent man. Um, We've been saying that the guy Saliba that Arsenal bought was meant to be better than um, Safana, but he hasn't got opportunity. So Safana looks like a player. Um, Tielemans, he kept hold of, yeah, he kept hold of Tielemans. I know there's links with Man United and so forth. Kept hold of him. Um, Harvey Barnes emerged. Uh, so I choose um, Johnny Evans. Even he, Johnny Evans is a he's good solid. pro. He's solid. Yeah, yeah, he's and a good pro, he, man. He's, he did the Ihenacho. They've, yeah, they've got a lot yeah. of players. Yeah, yeah, players no, players. but yeah, but yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, credit to Brendan still because he still kept that style of football. Um, and he, he he has his identity. He hasn't gone there and started playing a different sort of football. He's gone there with his style, and yeah, it's a good it's a good story for the league. I can't lie, as you said, they, they came up when they came up and. Yeah, I mean, winning the title before us as well, that even hurt me even more, bro. But Leicester, I like the club. Uh, they're, they're a nice club. I, I can't say nothing bad about Leicester. I'm not a highly fond of Rodgers. Certain things done at my club, but that's personal. But in terms of what he's doing with Leicester... I respect you for... I respect that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But for what he's doing with Leicester, credit due, man. You know what I mean, credit due. Sorry, Timson, you know what I mean? But I'm, I'm kind of glad they won yesterday, but yeah, now credit you, credit you. It was, a win, it was a win. It was a win for football and for yeah. humanity. No, definitely, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I agree. I agree. No need for that. <laughs> I, I, I agree with that. Um, like I have issues with um, Brendan as well. Um, personally, like obviously what he said about Chelsea with his background coming from Chelsea and when we entrusted him with like some of our more um, highly thought of loan, loan talents and he's not done right by them. Um, but other than that, he's Leicester as a football club before he came in, um, um, after they won the league, their, their scouting is really, really good. They've then coupled it with a manager who, um, do you know what? After Liverpool, even the Celtic fans weren't really like that keen on him on, on him going to Leicester, on him coming coming to Celtic. Now, um, in post post his post his um, like kind of error, people are like, oh, he was that guy at, at Celtic. So it shows you kind of like how he's able to um, come in in 
in somewhat hostile situations and uh, mold the team. And um, like, look at the way he's kind of instilled his um, tactics and ideologies on that team. And um, they had issues, like in terms of being easy to being quite leaky at the back. They've just gone into France and they pulled out like um, one of the several CB talents in Fafana, who's um, top tier. Um, even you look at the transfers that they're linked to and how smart they are. You're talking about um, obviously the French league being in trouble. So they're, there's their link to Bubakare Samare, who's a good talent, who adds yeah. depth to their already very, very balanced midfield. Then they're talking about um, 50 million for um, French Eddie, aka um, Dembele from Celtic. You just, uh, I'm just looking at how their scouting is so efficient and they seem so in line with what the manager wants to do and where the ownership wants to do in terms of trying to turn Leicester into um, a powerhouse in football and just the overall um, community uh, making it as close to London, the London outside of London as possible. And I just think, yeah, if I wasn't a Chelsea fan, I'd probably be happy, but I'm not. So, um, yeah, I'm heartbroken about the whole situation. All the lads and ladies who who went DMU and Leicester Uni were raising a glass yesterday, and I think um, as, as a Manchester United fan and with everything that <laughs> and with everything that we've experienced these last ten or so years, uh, well, I say ten or so years, sixteen or so years with the Glazers. Honestly, when I saw their uh, owner down on the pitch with the players and how much they celebrated with him and how much they dedicated that to his father. It it showed what, not to be cheesy, but we talk about what the game's about and all that stuff. And that really struck at the heart of it. And you, when you're buying a football club, you're not just buying players and you're not just buying revenue and you're not just buying sponsorship. You're, you're buying something that belongs to the fans and has been in families for decades and decades and fathers pass it on to their sons and daughters and people experience highs and lows. So yeah, seeing a club who's doing it the, the, the right way technically speaking, succeed is, is beautiful to see. And I guess just to give a holistic opinion on Leicester, um, what does it mean for them if they go on to, I guess, two scenarios? Make the Champions League, obviously, we know how close they were last season, but then obviously in the eventuality that they fail, what does it mean for their project going forward? So let's start with the with the bad news. What, what does it mean if another season um, where they've looked really comfortable, they end up losing out on the top four? What does that mean for Brendan? What does that mean for Leicester? Mentality issue. Um do they not have the mentality to see the job through? Um, you have to start questioning that. Um, but in a good side, the fact that they've managed to put themselves into this situation twice when last season they would have been happy with the Europa League, but being in that top four position so long, um, if um, like it, it was harder to take. But um, ultimately, yeah, I think mentality issue if they don't make it. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, that 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 is obviously a standout um, attribute, the mentality. But also, I, I have to say, um, Leicester have had some key injuries this season. You know, Madison's been out for a time uh, for a while. Um, Swanchu was out for a while. Um, even uh, Ricardo, Ricardo, their first choice fullback. Pereira, yeah, yeah, Pereira. He's like, he, he's been out for a while. Obviously. And then they got that guy James Justin before he done his cruise yet. What yeah. a sign! Playing really, he was playing really, really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. What a sign! He didn't look, he didn't look at our place. Obviously, I feel the no fans do help some of these guys coming up from the from the for the lower league. I, I do, I do agree. I do feel that that it's. But he's performed, and I just think they um, they got a mentality installed in them now. Where Brendan, when Brendan should come in, obviously before, I don't think the philosophy they obviously knew what they were playing with. I think now they win the FA Cup. I think they'll. Shoe in to go on and um, qualify a Champions League, 
And it's a win-win for him. I'll be honest with you, there's no expectations on Leicester. You know what I mean? There's no expectations on them. And I've just going back to what Timson said about the players they're going for, even the um, players that they target, you know, these players they buy from French League, I don't think anyone expects them to excel. But when they do, they'll make profit on them if they go on. But if they join a team, then Leicester benefit. It's a good project, man. I can't lie. It's a good project. I'm, I'm yeah, uh, it's, it's a win-win like, like you describe. And I think um, when you talk about players like Samara, he's a player that teams have been looking at for a while. There's question marks about certain aspects of his game. But because they don't necessarily operate at that top, top level like United, Chelsea, Liverpool, they can take that gamble. We'll spend 20, 25 100%. million on him. Um, if he ends up doing well, he's a player we can flip for 40, 50, 60 mm. million potentially. And if he doesn't, we just make him a squad player anyway and he's able to add some sort of value to the team there in that regard and I guess secondly I've asked what does it end up meaning for them if they're able to break into the Champions League obviously we know about the Champions League revenue that's one thing but what does it actually mean for the project that they have Vardy's 34 and I just did a quick fact check there so obviously they're kind of Ihanacho's look like he wants to pick up that mantle uh, the last few months but what does it mean for Leicester and what an achievement is it if they actually get into the Champions League this season Massive achievement because um, they came so close last season and then for them to then go again and see it again uh, and then see it through this time shows that they have the mental fortitude to actually see out a job and um, complete it um, in spite of the um, their what you can argue is a, is is a thinly is a thinly debt squad. So um, injuries played them. Um, they lost key players as well. They had like for the longest time they didn't have a naturally left-footed fullback playing at left back for a while. Um, so I think and then with that with that revenue from the Champions League, it goes a long way um, in in a COVID era to kind of giving them a foothold to go again and make sure this is a consistent thing um, and they can potentially even go on a longer run in terms of um, Champions League participation um, longer than Spurs. So I think it's um, it's the beginnings of a massive thing for them to kind of solidify themselves in and around that um, top four position. So um, I'm a little bit worried, but um, with their scouting, I'm hoping, I'm interested to see what they do in regards to who they choose to come in and fill in and fill um, Vardy's boots. Because for the longest time, people in and around the club that I've um, kind of read up on have said that Iheanacho, who's scoring goals for fun at the moment, has been is more of a number 10 um, in terms of the link man. So um, they need a, a proper spearhead, whether it's like um, Dembele or whoever, or um, Edward um, from Celtic, who, whoever it turns out to be, um, it'll be interesting. Um, so I think it's a massive achievement for if they manage to just stay in the top four. Agreed, agreed, agreed. You you mentioned a certain team there and I wanted to go on um, to ask you about, um, well, your thoughts on, on their season, which is, I guess, coming to a whimpering end, Spurs. Um, they won 2-0 today against Wolves. Um, Kane and Hoybier on the score sheet. Um as bad as their season was, it seemed like every weekend with the slip-ups above them, they had opportunities to potentially make the, the top four. That's beyond them now. And I guess um, all they're really fighting for is Harry Kane winning the golden boot. Um, but there's there's a lot of conversation with uh, Jamie Vardy, obviously coming from the lower leagues, picking up an FA Cup and a Premier League title about Kane, the next, the next move for Kane. Does he try and stick it out and I guess rebuild again with Spurs under... Ryan Mason and whatever else goes on over there. Um, I just wanted to get you lot's thoughts on it. So I'll, I'll start with you, Glam. Obviously, you've got Kane, um, the Spurs lad who's come up through the academy and he's, he's been one of the most prolific strikers in Premier League history. But he's turning 28 this year. 
And for all his uh, hundreds of goals, I think he's closing in on 200 goals now, um, yeah. he's got nothing to show for it. If you're Harry Kane, do, do you try and stay with Spurs? They, they got himself, they got Son, they got Ndombele, they got Huibier, a, a few other pieces. Um, or do you try and get yourself a move to one of those teams like a Chelsea, a Manchester United, a Manchester City? Um, well, the, the obvious thing would be, you know, move. You know what I mean? Try to try get a bigger club um, that are fighting for title aspirations or trophy aspirations. But I, I I don't know if he wants to move. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if he wants to move. Um, you know, and if he wants to engineer move, Levy ain't selling him for less than 200 mil. Um, let's be honest. Who wants to pay that money? Especially now with the financial um, hit back that's happened with COVID. So it's 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 a it's a it's a um, it's a tough one because you have to fund the money for Harry Kane. You know, I mean? you're gonna have to fund the money, but who will fund the money? Like Man City are losing one of their top goal scorers, and you know they're thinking of just making Ferran Torres their number nine, or looking within the squad. So I don't think it's Harry Kane's choice. I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's his choice. Um, in terms of the trophies for them, I don't think Levy cares about a trophy because that wild, wild decision he did to sack Jose four or five days before the cup. Um, a proven manager that obviously, you know, going up against Pep will give you the best chance to win in something, sacked him and brings in a 29-year-old youth team manager. And from what I hear, his team ain't even doing well in the youth. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's clear that he doesn't even bloody want to win a trophy because he took that from Kane. So if I'm Harry Kane, I'll be looking at the owner. Like, why are you taking he was that already, He was already spending that Super League money, bro. <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm saying, and I'll just figure I'll just to I'll just figure to myself, Harry. If Harry Kane is looking at, he would love to do it with Spurs, I think. But you got to look at your owner seriously. And I spoke to a Spurs fan, and I was, he only he said to me, "This is Lee." The guy said to me, replied, "I said, you want to win a title?" He goes, "This is Levy." And for that moment, I think I don't think Levy actually cares if they win a trophy or not. The fans do, but I don't know if Levy does. I really mm. don't. As long as, I mean, they may have got a fantastic new stadium, but Kane, as I said, I told these guys five years ago, especially Anton. Shout out to Anton listening. But um, <laughs> I told him Kane will be there for life. I honestly believe that. Kane will be there for life. Interesting you say that. A quick, firstly, just a quick fact check. He's actually scored 219 goals for Spurs. Oh. And, uh, yeah, crazy. In 333 games, ridiculous record. Um mm. He got crowned the uh, Player of the Year in the London Football Awards, whatever that is. And um, <laughs> <laughs> he, says, <laughs> he says he wants to win team trophies. So I think that was him, not so indirectly, not so subtly, putting the actual pressure on Spurs and saying like, yeah, these stuff are good. But at the end of the day, we're talking legacy and, and people are talking like, yeah, what's his legacy going to be? The best, the best English player to never win a, a title or the best English player <laughs> never to win a, a major trophy. And I think you're right, Glenn. I think they're going to want around that 150 to 200 million mark for him, and they're well within their rights to to demand that. But off the back of COVID, of where these teams have got over a year with no stadium income, um, the teams that uh, will probably look at getting him, they're not going to get that Super League money coming in either. Spurs aren't getting that Super League money coming in either. What do you think ends up happening, Timpson? Do you, do you think he ends up going for a reduced fee? Do you think he waits a couple of years till he's 29 and his contract has ran down? Would you, how do you think this Harry Kane saga ends with Spurs or not? Strategically speaking, um, it can go two ways. So if 
Spurs show ambition and they decide, look, we cannot, if if they fall away, I I see them going through several seasons, um, several years of them trying to kind of re, um, re-establish their identity, figure out what they want to be in terms of how to how how do they get back to bridging the gap and being a formidable side like we saw around the Pochettino. Um, so you can look at that and go, maybe it's best to take a reduced fee for Harry Kane and in, invest that money back into the squad. Um, or you stick with Harry Kane um, and you hold out for that 200 million that nobody's going to pay for. Um, if I'm Man City, I'm not going to do it because they've seen joy with the number with um, without a, tr- a true number nine. And to be honest, they've got like a beast coming through. Um, and I, for those that don't know, uh, Rory Delatson Liam is like a monster of a centre forward, six foot plus. He's like a target man, left crazy. foot. He's already come in and, and scored for them. So I would look at, I, I would keep an eye, I would look in house um, if I was Man City in regards to, instead of paying that 200 million for Kane. Um, so honestly, I can just see it as um, them kind of taking a reduced fee. But even then, I don't see who would buy him, um, who, who would buy him in terms of uh, top six. Um, man United, would you want to sell to Man United? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. The only, yeah, the only suitable team I can see is I can think of is Man United. Chelsea would probably be ideal if he wants to stay in London, but I don't. I don't think his style of football suits us in terms of him dropping deep because we've got so many players that want to play in that midfield half space area and um, play through threaded balls into runners. I just don't see it. So I can see him kind of sticking it out because he has no other alternative. Um, and then he's like, oh, this is the best team I'll probably end up playing for. So let me just, um, instead of those individual accolades, um, I'll see what I can do with England at international level. And then domestically in, 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 in the club competitions, I'll, I'll just I'll just look at Shearer's record in the Premier League. Oh, that's, that sounds bleak. Um, I think, we, <laughs> yeah, I think we, we'd be, I would say, happy to have him if he's a side piece. Um, we'd love to have him. I mean, you've seen the season that we've had. We've had Martial struggle for goals and he, he looks more like he's going to be close to being a good squad player than the starter level for us. Uh, we've relied on a 34-year-old Cavani who's proven to be injury prone. And while we've got Mason Greenwood in the tuck, he's shown that he he's comfortable scoring goals centrally or out wide. Um, with Harry Kane, you get a guy who's going to get you 25, 30, 35 goals. He's going to put chances on a plate for his teammates as well. Um, and it's it, England's highest profile player for playing for the biggest club in the country. Um, everything ticks all the boxes. But yeah, based on previous business, I don't think Levy will necessarily want to do that. And, and we know that he he cuts a hard bargain when it comes to this sort of thing. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll keep our eyes on that. I think he ends up staying and we'll, we'll, he'll see where he is. His contract runs out in 2024. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, he'll see where he is uh, next year. Also, just that, Mariah, um yeah. we've also seen president of a player of a club splashing big money on a player in their late twenties, and it just does not go to plan. Mm. My club, in, my club, being that player, we saw Real Madrid spend that big money on Eden Hazard, and it's just not worked out. Who saw after seven years of Eden and his durability, him just decide that his muscle, his bones are going to be made of Weetabix in La Liga? Um, it's just absolutely crazy. So to take that risk, um, that financial risk on a, on a player um, in their late twenties is always a gamble as well. Mm, Especially one who's proven to be as injury prone as, as Harry Kane has been throughout his career. Um, well, you guys did it. Van, per- Van Persie paid off, so yeah, he, he did. He, he, he won. He won us a title. 
Um, yeah, I and mean, I think, yeah, you know, when you when you got a manager that's like Fergie, you, you lose the title the previous season on goal difference, and you're adding a man who can get you 25 league goals. Um, it's a no-brainer. But uh, with Oli, you had you had Zary Kane, and we somehow managed to score only 50 <laughs> league goals. So uh, I, I don't see where the reservations could potentially come in. Uh, you mentioned them a couple of times there, uh, Timson, but I thought we'd touch on them. Um, because I think it's kind of quietly gone under the radar somehow, but not really. But City are champions. Um, it's Pep's third title here. Um, fantastic, fantastic. Um, while I don't think this City side stacks up to, um, obviously, his Centurions and the team that pipped your Liverpool side, uh, Glam, a few years ago, um, he looks like he's on the cusp of building another great City team. Um, yeah, let, let, let's talk about the champions. They, they won four three against Newcastle on on Friday, and I, I'll come across to you, Glam, first as a as a humble as a humble rival. You know, I, you don't you don't hesitate to say good things about your your team's rival. So, just wanted to get your your thoughts on the newly minted champions, um, <laughs> Manchester City. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shouts out to you. You're worth yeah. Shouts out to you. Um, yeah, no, they they. You know, I'll be honest with you, like, start of the season, they started rocky. And I can't remember how much points was clear of them. Um, but, you know, we, we was gloating. We was gloating, thinking, now nah, City are done. City are done. And they've just put together a fantastic piece of form. And not just that, like, Ryan Sterling hasn't even been playing week in, week out. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? He's just put, he's just such a masterclass manager, like, to do, to get a set of players and just to set up a structure and it pulls off. He don't, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing and how they've won it and how they hit form. No surprise. They're in the Champions League final. Um, no surprise. They won the Carabao cup. Um, and no surprise. They won the league. I just think he is a testament to him. If he wins the champion, I don't want him to win Champions League, by the way, I'm rooting for Timpson for you guys to win the Champions League. I don't want Pep to be complete. I don't want him to be Thanos. I just, I just, I just don't want him to be that. I'll be honest with you, man, because he will be Thanos of football, man. If he wins the Champions League with City, he will be the Thanos. But no, I can't. I got nothing but um, gratitude and humbleness to say about Pep and what is he's just a masterclass. And even with Guerrero going, he's not even fussed to say. Well, it could be. These are these are links in the media, but he's not even fussed to maybe rush out, maybe get Haaland or get a Kane. I think, as you guys said, I think he'll look within, and he knows his team. And if you can't do a set of, uh, a certain structure that he wants to do, then you won't get in the team. Look at Sane. I rate Sane highly, but he was hardly playing under Pep. You come on sub, but you weren't happy with that. And people would think, what on earth is going on with him? But look, he's gone now. And Mares as well. He's been in and out, but he's held his he's, he's down and obviously come important goals. But the Sterling, if you look at the Sterling situation and how he's on the bench in finals, and it just shows everyone else would be playing him. So yeah, man. What a manager! What a manager, man! Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. They, they again, just like uh, Tuchel has tried to or tuckle, according to Monte Carlo, down of Touchy Gunas, um, just how um, Tuchel has built a, a solid defensive team, uh, knowing that the attack isn't so potent. City have done the same. They've got Ruben Diaz, who's come in and he's looked top, top quality, quality. quality. top, top quality defender. Somehow, John Stones has been reborn. Uh, Cancelo, Cancelo looks stellar on the left or on the right. Obviously, you've got Kyle Walker, you've got Fernandinho, who's rolled back the years this season. 
Gundogan's decided he, he wants to start scoring goals. KDB is a known quality. You've got Foden, who's coming through looking like in the next couple of years, he's going to be the best English player around if he's not already. Uh, you've got Mares, you've got Gabriel Jesus sometimes up front, you've got Cancelo sometimes up front, you've got the ghost of Aguero sometimes up front. Uh, and they look good. They, they did look good. Um, Chelsea, do I see you beating them three times in a row? Probably not. So for me, Glam, I think, unfortunately, <laughs> he is going to become the Thanos of football. And we, we're no longer going to be able to say he ain't won a Champions League without Messi. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he would have he he clocked it. So um, just wanted to get your thoughts, Timpson. Obviously, you'll be playing them in a couple of weeks. So just wanted to get your thoughts on, on City. Uh, and yeah. Um, with this City side, um, the style of football is closer to the team that beat uh, your boys in the Champions League final um, all those years ago in regards to um, Pep's Centurion side was all about width. He's keeping his wingers wide, um, pulling the centre-back, pulling pulling the full-backs out and leaving gaps for a KDB or um, a Gundogan or um, a, Sil a David Silva to get in those half spaces and whip crosses. Um, you see, they don't whip in as many crosses, um, and it's largely because they've transferred from that um, wide wide winger approach to this approach with a false nine of sorts to create those overloads similar to how um, Barcelona kind of um, bullied Man United in that Champions League final. Uh, and then the emergence of players like Ruben Diaz is someone who kind of keeps an eye um, more of an eye on most than in, in the Portuguese Super Liga, uh, sorry, Liga Nos. Um, I had reservations about Ruben Diaz because um, I tweeted and uh, to be fair to people that saw it, I thought he could end up going the same way as Victor Lindelof because he had the same pedigree. He had the same kind of um, high reputation. And if you look at the transfer saga, he wasn't even their first or even second option at centre-back. It was obviously um, Kulabali, then Jules Kunde, then they settled for Diaz. But look at how things have worked out. John Stones has reborn himself. Who could imagine um, a title-winning season and Laporte isn't even like the, the cornerstone compared, given how much mm. they've missed him. Mm. Gundogan just stepping up and just doing the business. The emergence of Phil Foden finally, kind of finally, um, because we've been saying he's he's been saying, "Oh, Phil Foden's the best youngster I've ever played," and hyping him up for Carabao Cup games against Barnsley for the longest time. We're finally <laughs> actually we're, we're actually we're actually seeing him play. Um, and this is this is um, an off this is um, an off form Raheem Sterling that we're seeing. Um, how wasn't it last season or the season before? We were looking at Cancelo and there was like twenty million and Danilo for this guy. And now yeah. look, how, look look how crucial he is. So the players that aren't even performing this season, like a Sterling or um, a personal favourite of mine because of his ex Chelsea ties, Nathan Ake, I've got no I've got no worries about in the following season. So imagine those guys start being able to contribute. I think Pep's got um he's got the makings of a dynasty and um the only the only saving grace is that we managed to stop him from winning the FA Cup at least. Yeah. Yeah, but you didn't even win it yourself. So what's the problem? Well done, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and aside from that as well, Timson, yeah. Your man's legacy, Ferguson's legacy is in the dust. Ferguson's legacy is in the dust. 
And, and, and aside from that, don't think I didn't notice some shots you were taking in that scene. There, there, there was bare bullets in that. There bullets in that. At the start of the pod, you told me to go easy on you. And, I, and, uh, I did. and, that's, and that's what you sneak in 49 minutes into the pod. Well done, yeah, innit? I, I see, I see. That was so, wicked. <laughs> Before, before we before we finish up, I do just want to get you lots of thoughts because, like we said, we've got two games week, two game weeks left this season. Obviously, one in the midweek, one next Sunday. Um, so I want to get your thoughts on the two teams to make the top four. I'll go to you first, Glam. Um, what two teams do you see rounding out the top four? Um, Leicester shoe in. Leicester interesting, interesting. Okay. So they've got they've got Chelsea away and they've mm-hmm. got Spurs on the last day at home. Um, to to actually be a hundred percent secure, just let me uh, pull up the table so I'm not. Um, but yeah, they're 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 on they're on they're on sixty six. They're on sixty six. Um, the most yeah. points you the most points you I'll guys. I started already sixty nine. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So once we can get sixty nine, obviously. <laughs> so I think a draw against Chelsea, mm-hmm. and they hundred percent are say. So I'm, I'm on... yeah, I think they'll be Spurs. I last year, so I think they'll be Spurs. That Spurs ain't troubling them. I just think they won't bottle it the last game of the season. So Leicester is shooing for me. Um and you know if they draw with Chelsea, I... surely that means Liverpool, no? Well, yeah, but <laughs> be... go on, go on, go on. I'm gonna be honest. No, I'm gonna be honest. So Leicester, Leicester will finish uh, third. Who's Chelsea's last two games? Chelsea got Leicester obviously at home. Mm. Uh, I think their last game of the season. Timpson, do you care to enlighten us? Aston so Villa away. Yeah, Aston Villa away with the fans. Yeah, so, back in the so I, I, I think at the expense of Chelsea's commitment to Champions League, I think we will nick them at the end. So I'm going Leicester and Liverpool. It's a gut, gut punch there. Uh, gonna come across to you, Timpson. Uh, get, get, nah, your, get, your, <laughs> get your thoughts. <laughs> Who do you see um, joining the two Manchester clubs in the Champions League next season? Uh, if we beat Leicester, then um, not, not if. Then... Will you beat Leicester? Tell us now. You, again, I want you to get. Let's get this on. I think we will. I think. I think we will. I think we'll beat okay. Leicester. Um, the the loss the loss is too painful like the way i'm feeling it isn't should be nothing compared to how the players are feeling it and then they've probably seen that video of daniel amati throwing that flag over his shoulder how many like, times are you going to mention that bro like your, your club's 15 years old man get, get, get. Look, daniel amati come outside <laughs> anyway um, yeah. i want and then um they'll be absolutely frazzled last game of the season and trust Spurs to come clutch and ruin the party. Um, Spurs, um, <laughs> but I would love for Virgil. You say Spurs to finish top four? No, he said no, Spurs no, 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 no. to ruin Leicester's oh. party. I would love for I would love after I would love for Virgil Van Dijk after making that big declaration of saying um, uh, of saying, "Oh yeah, I'm going to miss out the Euros. I want to come strong." Um, for Liverpool next season, I would love for him to come back to playing FC Bate Borisov in the Europa League. But um, honestly, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say Chelsea. I'm gonna say Chelsea and and Liverpool. We win our last two games. We finished top, but it's obviously easier said than done. We finished third. Sorry. Yeah, not not top. Get 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 your facts right. And top um, of what? What's, what's, yeah. what's available? <laughs> top, top, what are you saying, Morale? What are you saying? What are you saying? 
I think it's going to be Chelsea and Liverpool as well. I, I think okay. Liverpool, the, the close game, I knew that one of these three games you lot could potentially slip up. And I think yeah. today was that one. And you've managed yeah. to somehow, some way, pull yeah. out the win. Crazy stuff. Um, I think it's barely going to get wrecked still. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Do you know what? And, and that's what it is. The, today, today's game, had you spoke last pod before today's game, I would I would have said Chelsea Leicester. But today's unbelievable finish is giving mm. me a new lease of life, man. It's Agreed. giving me a new lease Agreed. of life. You're going to pull it out, man, you jammy, jammy guys. Um, I was going to use another word. I remember this is being recorded and we we, we put on their suitable for children. Um, okay. And obviously you've got Crystal Palace. you got Crystal Palace on the last day of the season. I expect them to let you have it as well. You know what they're like. They've secured yeah, Roy, 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 Roy will help us out, man. Former, former yeah. red man. Roy will help R- us out, R- man. Yeah, R- mid-table, mid-table season. So, they're, again, they're, they're happy. So, yeah, you, you, you guys have done it, man. And we've bloody contributed to it. By, by, not, by let's, letting... let's not talk on it yet anyway. Let's not, I mean, I don't, yeah, yeah. let's wait for it. You know what I mean? But yeah. 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 I don't want to hear you how I feel on next Sunday. With that, I want to thank you both for your time this Sunday. Uh, oh Timson, you, you, you battled, you came through, you know, it's been a hard week for Chelsea. Uh, Annie was supposed to come in, but suddenly got struck down with the flu. So definitely appreciate you for definitely appreciate you for coming through, bro. And and Glam, you you finally yeah. made your main pod debut. Hopefully, this yeah, is the bro. first of first of many appearances. Definitely, um, bro. Appreciate you for coming on, guys. Have a no nice problem. evening. You too, Thank bro. You. All right, man. Take peace. Care. Take care. Podcast Network.